to the show, everyone. Uh, if you don't know already, this is the Small Council, where we discuss anything and everything, A Song of Ice and Fire, the miniatures game, by Cool Mini or not. Um, as always, I'm just going to give you a very brief rundown uh, about the show. Uh, the main feature is that the show is live, um, and we're going to try to start bringing uh, guests on tonight um, to kind of ask some questions, because tonight we have a guest with us. Uh, so without further ado, uh, we have Mike with Off the Wall Gaming, as well as our co-hosts, uh, Justin, Chris, and um, Jose. But Brett is unfortunately hey. unable to be with us tonight. Um, before we get uh, any further, uh, Mike, you want to kind of, for those that haven't read your articles, you kind of want to give a little rundown about uh, your work with the community? Yeah, definitely. And uh, thanks for having me on the show. Um, yeah, no I've pretty much been playing. Yeah, thank you. So I've been playing uh, neutral since um, the beginning of the game, back when they were just uh, three units, and that's been my uh, primary faction. Uh, I've been doing some article writing for On the Table Gaming, and uh, yeah, just trying to support the local community, uh, help host cool events. Awesome. And uh, you do uh, articles with uh, uh, Chase from On the Table Gaming? Yep. And yeah, if you haven't uh, checked it out, uh, definitely go look at some of the stuff. We have uh, you know, great content on there. Yeah. Um, I saw that you recently did an article about neutrals. Um, so hopefully you'll be able to kind of talk, you know, uh, reiterate a little bit of what you uh, wrote in that article here. Uh, you know, some people, their attention span, like my my own, I'm bad at reading, uh, or I'm bad at getting myself to read. Um, so maybe some that uh, maybe didn't even see it can hear it here, and then they can go check it out and uh, kind of get the full picture. Um, but, uh, yeah, without further ado, we have um, first up on our list – we're going to talk about uh, Ramsey, uh, and he's kind of a he's kind of a hybrid commander in the sense that he does have some control. He is more so the aggression route, uh, but now when we have Dario, it seems I don't know Dario. I think is a little more aggressive than he is, but Ramsey brings that element of control that Dario doesn't really have. Um, so. Ramsey, I've always loved Ramsey. He uh, he adds an element of kind of fear to the battle. His tactics cards are super strong, and uh, you know anyone that I feel like a lot of people jumped on the Roost train pretty quickly because of the whole NCU commander thing early on. But Ramsey always uh, had a lot to offer. Definitely, I think. Um... He's just something, someone you can throw in a lot of lists, no matter what faction you're playing, and he's pretty much always going to deliver. Um, being able to get a free attack at the top of the round is uh, can completely swing the game at a key moment, and uh, yeah, he's pretty much always one of the two commanders in uh, my competitive list these days. 
Um, I've been using, I also have been playing neutrals just like you since the very beginning. Uh, I definitely used him a lot more. Thematically, I like Roos more because I think his character is a lot cooler, but I easily could justify Ramsey being better than him. So I used him a lot more. And some of his cards, I definitely have found it not uncommon to just be wiping out units in one hit, which always surprises people. So I use that to my advantage. Especially my free folk guys. Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah, free folk definitely don't like those panics and the vicious and. It's really our blades are sharper in that route. Our blades are sharp. Yeah. That's just such a powerful card. Yeah, with the uh, change to Flayed Men getting that yeah. panic no token setup on the required. charge, 10 dice hitting on yeah. twos is um, so, so vulnerable. <laughs> oh, yeah. And and it doesn't expend the panic token, which is a nice change over Roos. It's, and it's such a powerful combo without any setup with Flayed Men now. That's the ridiculous part. Oh, yeah. I feel like... You know, on paper, I feel like Spread Fear is way better than what they have now. But in actual play, like, it's it reverse, in my opinion. It's way better than Spread Fear was. Oh, absolutely. Spread I mean, fear. Spread Fear... Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. no. You know, it's one of those situational abilities. I've had some games where I just never get it. If you wipe out the unit, um, you don't get to uh, spend that... Uh, get the free panic token. So it ends up um, uh, not being something you get advantage of where with the free panic token, you're always going to be able to use it. Mm -hmm. Especially with how Killy and with neutrals, because besides Flademan, uh, before Blackguard came out, they were so easy to kill. You wanted to kind of kill what you attacked every time. Yeah. And uh, just to kind of let everyone out there, you know, that's listening, uh, tonight we're uh, I don't think I really mentioned it we're we're talking about 100% neutral we're not really talking about uh, them mixed in with anyone else because um, then I mean that would be a very long show because there's so many possibilities but we're we're strictly talking in in the sense of just 100% neutralist and Ramsey uh, I absolutely love Ramsey and his cards uh, he has probably I don't know, I don't know if I'd say he's my favorite commander as far as his three cards go, but he's way up there. Um his cards are just super powerful. Yeah, don't get me wrong, I'm a huge fan of Roos. I've almost played him probably more than any other commander in the entire game. So I feel really comfortable uh, running him, but um, especially two-list format, um, you always want to at least have the option of taking a battlefield commander if you need it. Some matchups you might decide uh, Roos is better, but um, always being able to score that extra VP uh, can make a huge difference. Yeah, um, so... For me, as someone who I don't play neutrals, I to be honest, I've never played neutrals. I, I don't like uh, I, I play Baratheons and Starks, and I don't really like mixing them or anything. So I've actually like really never read anything neutral. Um, I think I just started running Bran um, <laughs> the other day just in my Baratheon list. But uh, as someone who's played against um, Ramsey, um, I just wanted to mention like out of his three cards, 
Um, the one that really messes me up, me up the most is uh, is Cruel Methods. Um, Cruel Methods. That one is something super unexpected. A lot of times, it's, it's funny because I, I know he has it in his deck, but I just I don't know. I, I never like account for it when I'm playing. Um, and to me, that's the one that really like throws a big wrench in a lot of stuff I want to do. Um, and then uh, Sadistic Games. Uh, it's a good card for him. Uh, definitely a good card. I don't find it. Play, again, this is me playing against it. I don't find it to be like super devastating or anything. Usually it's pretty manageable, but uh, obviously it, it always it sucks either way. But um, out of the three cards, that's probably the most manageable um, just because, you know, you, you get the choice and, you know, obviously you're going to pick the one you can best deal with at the time. Um, and then uh, our Blades of Sharp, um, again, it's it's uh, a wrench, but nothing nothing you can't deal with. Uh, Cruel Methods is definitely the one that I've literally, I mean, that one's like come out of nowhere, and, and that one's really just kind of really messed me up, messed my plans up. You know, I've lost tokens, uh, you know, or activate, not activation, what do you call them, uh, objective tokens over this and all sorts of stuff. So um, definitely when you're playing against Ramsey, um, if you can keep in mind for this card uh, and just in the back of your head, uh, I think it'll be, you'll have a lot better time playing against him, um, you know, than, than I've had. Because like I said, I, I for some reason I always forget that he could do that. But when it comes out, it is, it is devastating. Yeah, that's the uh, start of the round. Um, maybe for those who don't know, it's uh, a start of the round ability uh, or card, I should say. So a lot of people don't take it into their calculation. Um, you know, you have the end of the turn. Maybe you think you're, um, you know, you're not the first player. You're going first on the next turn think, okay, I'm going to win this combat here, attack first, take the swords, and then you have your opponent who's playing Ramsey play uh, Cruel Methods and just completely uh, uh, throw your plans out the window. That highest attack dice, too, generally. Yep. Uh, one thing I yeah, do with a the lot... Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's what it is, sorry. One thing I do a lot, um, especially against the cavalry lists, especially Starks, thanks, Jose, uh, when Tolly Cab came out so far, I haven't had the experience that everyone else had because I play Ramsey a lot, and it is the easiest thing in the world to bait a Stark player into charging your Bastards girls because they would wipe them out if they hit them. So you're going second, or you you go first first turn, grab the mail to get as many cards as you can in your hand, have cruel methods, start of your turn, Bastards girls have pretty solid morale so you can survive your minus three panic test, especially now, and they don't diminish until they only have four dudes left. So you shift three up or two up, you fire, you charge. You're not going to kill the unit, but what's a cavalry unit going to do with six or less wounds against anything? Yeah, it's definitely inconvenient uh, as the receiving end. Um, I mean, I've seen you do it a bunch. I think you've only done it to me once or twice, but overall I've seen you do it a ton. And when you you know, are planning on that charge with the the calves because um, you think, you know, you have way more distance than they do and you know you have the first action, you're, you know, you're going to charge, you know, Bastard Girls. They have a six-up save and they're a ranged unit. I mean, they're both, but, you know, the, you're going to take away their ability to then shoot you and get their combo off and you're not expecting that cruel methods to 
completely screw that whole plan up. You know, Bastard Girls are one of those units. Every time I use them, um, it's like I forget how good they were before. Um, they're probably one of my favorite units for um, tying up heavy cavalry like um, Knights of Casterly Rock or um, uh, Stark Cavalry, as you mentioned, uh, because once they're stuck in, they're really not hitting as hard. So that um, a six up save becomes less of a liability. Especially if you can do six wounds to them, then it's not even a liability at that point. I have three dice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like hitting you with two, you're probably not going to save any, but that's life as a neutral player, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're just hoping for sixes every time. On the plus side, you can uh, uh, say you're immune to sundering, which is uh, probably the favorite joke of our, our shop. Yep. Six yeah, that's what I say all the time. Game. I'm like, ha, 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 you don't get nothing, berserkers. What's a flank bonus? Oh, you mean minus one to my great great morale and not a minus to my armor? <laughs> yeah, I think I've said it before, but Bastard Girls have, for whatever reason, I own like four or five of them. I'm not sure why, but they've become a, a staple in almost every list I play, even if it is hard to justify their points with brawn, but I use them so often. Uh, it's hard for me not to use them now because I find them such an incredible unit. We have a yeah, local just... player who um, uh, we have a local guy who runs uh, four bastards girls and uh, took second place at uh, one of our more recent tournaments, which is uh, pretty wild. I did that once. It was glorious. <laughs> Yeah. Um, all right. Well, now I think we can move on. Uh, so in a nutshell, though, Ramsey is definitely your aggression type that you're going to want if you want some more aggression. But if you're not, if you want to put all your eggs in one basket, he's perfect because he does have a little element of control in him. Uh, but next up, we're going to talk about Roos. Um, in particular, more of like a Roos control list. Uh he gives you the ability to kind of run three NCUs easily, especially because neutrals have two, five, uh, three, sorry, three five-point NCUs, and running three is not easy um, if you don't have Roos. Uh, or I mean, a three-point NCU. It. Well, yeah, you don't have a three-point, and you have three five-points. So if you are the type of player that likes three NCUs, uh, with your limited uh, unit options, um, I would say you're going to have to run Roos if you want it to. It's, I don't know, I'm sure there's lists out there that can do it, but you're really going to want to lean towards Roos if you uh, want three NCUs, and he's definitely the way to go if you want control. Uh, he adds a lot of that. Yeah, he has a, a great set of cards. Um being able to shut off abilities um, by expending a panic token for the round is really strong, especially if you're taking Walder as well. You're going to guarantee for uh, most of the game, especially with the recursion in the neutral deck, that you can easily shut off two, if not three, units per turn. Especially with the introduction of Walder, too. Now it's even easier to keep things down. Exactly. And the D3 Wounds is a very powerful extra ability, especially considering most of the units are Bolton. And there are so many things they need to do Wounds to that 
D3 extra wounds can matter, taking out a wolf because he's close to you or whatever the case. You know, very early on, I couldn't stand using a ruse. Because with his ability, <laughs> you sacrifice whatever you took on the board, you had to replace it. I'm like, this is dumb. Because all these other people, you can get both. But this guy never did. But then when you go through and you look at his cards, you look how he synergizes with the deck, you know, it actually not that too bad. But, you know, I play free folk a lot now, and I don't get the early advantage of using this fine chap, so <laughs> it's rather unfortunate. There's... I think uh, I think a nice change to Roost, though, when you factor Sparrow and, uh, and Holland, a nice change to Roost, I think, would be just let him pass out one panic token and still get the spot. That way you can still at least take the mail and get two panics. Right, that's the difficulty I see most people having with them is um, panic management because every single one of his cards requires um, either a unit or the unit you're trying to target to have a panic token on it. I think every Um, single one of them does. Yep. Yep. Um, so the issue being sometimes people will just try and take two NCUs with um, uh, Roos and one other NCU, and then you don't have enough uh, panic token generation uh, to play his cards. Especially like you uh, said with the recursion in the deck, you need like up to eight, ten panic tokens that you're expending a turn if things go right, or a game, sorry. It almost becomes a a mini game of sorts where you're trying to uh, keep as many tokens on the board. Yeah. I think the last game I played where I used Roos, the first turn, this sucked for me because it didn't go right, but I panicked every single thing on the first turn, but it was Bolton's and they got rid of them all. <laughs> <laughs> it was really upsetting. I was, dang it. Um, but one card, I'm not the biggest, like I really like Roos actually. Uh, I've used him more and more and more lately, especially with uh, some of the changes to other cards. And facing, like, more elite armies, I find him to be a very big boon. I was able to keep, like, Great John, like, three unit of uh, Great Axes shut down for, like, an entire game, which saved me the game. Um, but I'm not the biggest fan of Fear Keeps a Man Alive, which, expanded Panic Token, they have to pass a morale test. So, except, like, Corpse Piles, it's not negative, unless you have, like, Cersei or something. But uh, they make a retreat if they fail. I... I can count on like one hand the amount of times that card succeeded on me, and I've used it a lot. <laughs> but when it works, it's amazing. But it, again, it's one of those: if you get it early in the game, you discard it. You probably won't see it again. But if it happens to be in your hand and the scenario comes up, um, if it does go off, your opponent will be really upset. Mm-hmm. Waste their activation, and you get a little bit of heal out of it. It's yeah. it's really powerful when it works, but man, it's got to be like a twenty percent work ratio for me. It's I have very bad rolling and luck, so maybe that's part of it. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna add here, um, going on what Justin said about uh, Fair Chief's Man Alive as tactics card. Um, again, I'm, I'm just gonna give you the perspective of someone who plays against them. Um, I I would agree that that's probably their least useful card. I don't think that ever really affects me. Um, but definitely these other two cards, um, those are definitely cards that can really screw things up. I mean, no one ever wants to attack this card, right? I mean, that's where all your strategy comes from, is from your hand. Um, and then the attachments, I mean, it's like 
you pay for an attachment, you know, so you're, you're, you obviously want that ability in your army. So when you lose it, 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 again, it throws that wrench in there. Um, you know, same thing as Ramsey. And then I think another part of, uh, Roos that's just huge is, uh, like everyone said earlier that he's an NCU commander because it, this is just my opinion, but I think neutrals have some of the best NCUs. I mean, I know they're kind of expensive, but I think that they're some of the best. I mean, you know, you're looking at, you know, Peter, Varys, um, you know, Tycho. I mean, the Tycho's ability is really cool. I mean, they have some of the best MCUs. So when you're able to take a free one and you're running a full neutral list and you have all these – and now, now you can, you know, you're paying for your two neutrals like you would any, anyways. You know, you have three three neutral commander – or three neutral uh, NCUs that are going to be – it's going to be just devastating. Just their abilities alone – and then on top of that, just the fact that you have three NCUs. I mean, that's, that's always that's something to, to deal with when a player brings three NCUs to the table. But, you know, three neutral NCUs, it's like a, almost like a whole other ball game. Um, so that, that in itself is, is something huge and something to look out for. Um, when going against a, a roost list, I think most people will bring three. I, don't, I think it's very few times I run into, like, someone playing roost and not bring three NCUs. Um, so those are, those are things that, to keep in mind when you're playing against them that, you know, if someone's bringing Bruce, you can expect three NCUs, uh, a lot of board control, uh, like you guys said, more control over the panic tokens, which just feeds into Bruce's uh, whole spiel there. And um, out, of the three, out of his three tactics cards, um, Calculator Cruelty and uh, Played Man Has No Secrets are the two to, to look out for when you're playing against uh, Bruce. Uh, Flayed Man has no secrets, has like a hidden value in my eyes, which it's not that secret or anything, but you get to look at your opponent's hand, and that that's where I think the good part of the card is, because I already have two cards in the deck that can get rid of cards in my opponent's hands, or one, I'm sorry, well, two, because it's doubled, so I can already kind of do that, but this one I get to look at their hand, which helps out a lot, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I mean, but, I mean, as a start player, you know, different times I, I have sudden charge, and it's like, well, that, that's gone. So, like, my whole plan here is out the window now. Um, you know, so it's it's a pretty it's a pretty devastating card. Yeah, and it's start of the turn. So if they've just you know draw, let's say they used all their cards the previous round, they draw like three new ones, and then they've sat there and calculated a whole plan out. And then you start the turn right off by doing this, um, you know, very first turn, because it can be their turn or your turn within the round. And you can not only look at their hand for, you know, whatever plan they have for the entirety of that round and discard, uh, maybe not even their best one. You could discard, like, their second best, knowing that you know they have that card and you have a counter for it. Um, You'll be able to see if they have... uh, counter charge, if they have uh, set for charge, if they have you know, all these different uh, like defensive or offensive you know, charge or big swing cards that can really change the game. So I think a lot of people, when they see this card and they think, oh, it's just alright, but it I mean, seeing someone's hand coming from uh, you know, a card game background, uh, some of the strongest cards in card games is the ability to look at your opponent's hand in combination with discarding one of them. Uh, I played uh, one card game for, I think it was like four years straight, and the 
they had one card that did almost this exact thing that came out in set one, and it was a staple all the way through until the game uh, got discontinued. So it's definitely something that uh, I think people take for granted that um, is super powerful. Yeah, for anyone who's played uh, Magic the Gathering, uh, playing Roost is almost like uh, playing like a black control deck or something. You have uh, all sorts of discards and just uh, mean things you could do to your opponent. If only we yeah, got a three-point and... MCU to help with those Roost lists. <laughs> yeah, I I think uh, neutrals might suffer there. I think a uh, big reason is they don't want to give a neutral three-point attachment that can then be used in all of these other armies. Um, Time to make them their own army. <laughs> yeah, it would be nice at this point, to be totally honest, it, or at least, I don't know, some big buff. I wouldn't even say a big buff, but some sort of significant buff if neutrals are 100% neutrals rather than just having their own tactics deck because you have so many more limited options of unit choices because, you know, maybe that's just, you know, in hind, you know, without having hindsight, maybe in the future of this game, neutrals will have so many options that it really won't matter. But, um, I think, I don't know, I feel like neutrals should get some sort of buff if you're going to play just neutrals since you're not getting the benefit of, uh, you know, let's say Starks. You know, if I'm playing Starks, I have all of my Starks plus all of the neutrals. Whereas neutrals, though they have their own tactics deck, they're going to have just all the neutrals. So they should get some sort of a, a buff whether it be something simple along the lines of just plus one morale across the um, army, like I think Chris uh, Chris suggested in our chat uh, a couple of days ago, or, I don't know, something. You know, something that is significant enough that you're going to want to run them, but not, like, super overpowered that, you know, you're, you know, it's, it, it'll put them over the top. Now, that being said, I feel like I know all the factions are supposed to be uh, – balance and everything, but I do really feel like uh, neutrals probably have one of the strongest decks in the game. Um, just between your card recursion, you can really do anything um, short of uh, get movement bonuses. Um, I, I really think it's like a huge incentive. Yeah, now we have Dario, so he lets us do that, which is um, phenomenal, but... Um, yeah, no, just a really strong tactics deck. If, uh, you know, people are out there listening who have never come across it before, um, it, it's really a big wake-up call when you face it for the first time. Uh, I completely agree. I, before, I don't know, I still struggle with Starks, but uh, I kind of always said that I feel like it's maybe the most powerful, and I think a big part of that is because the activations are all, like, so independent of each other that it's so easy to continuously use them. Like, I'll, so, as we know, Baratheons really struggle with their triggers, right. but the neutral cards just dish them out. So, uh, last thing I want to cover before we move on is just maybe something to look out for as someone that's going to be facing Roos. Um, just keep in mind, I mean, you'll know before you even start the game, but they're probably going to have three NCUs, um, 
whenever you have, and with the exception of Free Folk, whenever you have an NCU that replaces an effect, usually you don't want just two at that point. Um, I'm usually a stickler that I always do two, no more, no less, with you know, with the exception of some fun games. Uh, but if one of those two replaces the spot, then I'm a little more uncomfortable just running two. So keep in mind that you're going to see three. Uh, they're going to be very controlly. So try to, I guess, not don't get too uh, sucked up into one plan because uh, that's where control lists will really get you. They're, you're you're going to have one plan and one idea. And they're going to throw a wrench in that plan. I almost promise you, you know, if they're playing it to any sort of degree in the way it's supposed to work, they're going to ruin your plan. So just have like two, three, four plans, like all these backup plans of what you're going to do in case that happens. But uh, all right, next up we have Dario and his aggression style. Um, I think Dario's amazing. Uh, I love uh, the Stormcrow mercenaries and archers. Um, I haven't gotten to play him. Uh, been kind of busy with uh, paramedic class and whatnot, but I have a bunch on pre-order or that are sitting at the shop for me to pick up. But um, Dario is basically like Ramsey with just more aggression, less control. Um, but... I guess uh, I'm going to let someone with a little more uh, experience talk about this. Uh, Mike, what uh, what have you kind of experienced with Dario? Yeah, I've been playing him a little bit more this week. Um, I definitely feel, just looking at his cards initially, he really um, complements uh, what we already have going on with the neutral deck. Um, we had mentioned a little bit earlier, he also adds some movement ability with... Uh, Force March, letting you take a, uh, a free march action at the beginning of the round. Um, so that, you know, can put you um, in a flank or, or uh, setting up rear charges, hopefully, or, or getting a alpha strike. Um, he has a Mercenary's Cunning, which uh, lets you bounce tokens around, which plays uh, really well with uh, Adaptive Methods, which is another... Um, token shifting card and then finally we have restless, uh, sorry, reckless strikes uh, which lets you uh, when you make an attack get plus two die and rolls of six do not allow defense saves uh, though you do suffer a wound for each miss um, you put that with a unit like flayed men uh, that means every six you roll you're getting both uh, the two hits from critical blow and the uh, uh, two uh, ignores uh, defense saves. Not only that, but 10 dice. Yeah, 10 dice. So statistically, you're going to be putting out a lot of damage there. Well, especially with rerolls. I mean, I I don't know the exact average, but I would say, what, maybe three sixes uh, is what you should see with uh, 10 dice and rerolls. Especially yeah. if you're confident enough and you want to just re-roll everything that's not a six. <laughs> not with Slaveman. That's way too much of a risk for how many points they are. That's, <laughs> every wound you take is close to a point. So you want to try to minimize that. Because you're probably going to take one or two with ten dice. Um, that's true. It, 
it is definitely best used on them. It's good on anyone giving someone precision with two extra dice. Uh, you know, cutthroats are going to do well with it, but it's definitely, well, it's literally twice as effective on someone with crit. So oh, yeah, I mean, benefits. it has so much potential in any army, but uh, I think uh, in in the context of the neutrals, it it definitely gives even like uh, cutthroats. It gives them, you know, kind of a needed boost. Uh, it's just unfortunate. The I don't think there's a way to give them crit at the moment. No, but. No. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe something similar to the Stormcrow mercenary or the um, lieutenant. Uh, instead yeah. of giving thundering, you you know it'll give a new attachment. Will give like crit. I definitely thought about that. Uh, Dario, I think, is one of the commanders that is actually a little bit better in other armies. That's not saying he's bad in neutrals at all. He's plenty good, but uh, like every other army has way simpler access to crit besides a nine point unit. Although Flaidmen are right. smaller. Um, I actually really like Force March because that helps so much. None of our units are above five inch movement, to include dogs. Don't don't judge. Uh, but so being able to move that far is a really big deal. Yeah, it weakens you, but if you're smart and canny enough, you can take that weakened token and perhaps trade it to your opponent. So maybe it's giving you a token to put on someone else. So I I really really like that ability. I don't really care for mercenaries cutting too much, though, to be honest. <laughs> we already have ways to get rid of tokens. Yeah, it, it lets you double up on that strategy, though. Yeah. I think in a lot of ways it lets you be a little more, um, I guess, tanky than some other neutralists will allow you to be. Um, kind of keeping those tokens off of you, and then, and not to mention his ability to... Uh, uh, buff the defensive saves of any unit he's in. So I see him being like really well-rounded. I agree. Actually, I made the list I made of Dario. I definitely, or the most recent one, I definitely built it around having like an even number of like aggression versus defense. So buffing up even cutthroats to a four-up save because if you have Dario, that's even more reason than you normally would have to take the money, even though you kind of want to get the money anyways for your card triggers. But now you have more of a reason to include Stormcrow Lieutenants, which are a huge buff for the neutrals. Uh, I, I like Dario. I definitely want to play with him more. Just I haven't gotten to play too much in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Dario is definitely you know something you're going to have to watch out for. Force March can definitely change the game. So if you're playing against Dario, uh, always keep that in the back of your mind, that that Force March might be coming because uh, if if you don't, you know, something in your backfield, an archer, you know, unit of any kind or like any ranged unit, um, especially if you're Night's Watch and you have the catapult, uh, even scorpion, you know, I mean, that can really screw up everything, uh, that one card. They get within that 12 inches of the the catapult and now you're pretty much done for, you know, that 10 point unit is now, you know, going to be gone. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think we can move on. Um, Next up uh, we have uh, our last uh, commander option. It's going to be fun. Which is Vargo. 
so this one's a little controversial, uh, at least between our play group. Vargo, I don't know, part of him looks really fun, but nothing, I feel like he's running into the same problem as uh, um, Roderick was, uh, where Roderick seemed really fun on paper, but nothing seemed to want to click. But this, I'm hoping this is just something that is because one, his units aren't out yet. Uh, the uh, what are they? The Zoruses and Bloody, um, yeah. something else. Bloody yeah, I'm hoping sure. because they're not out. I'm hoping you know they maybe have an attachment that we haven't seen uh, that will really push him over the. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say over the top, but make it more. Um, what I'm looking, word I'm looking for. Because right now he, just, he seems, yeah, there you go. Make him more viable, kind of like all the pieces kind of click together, and you're like, oh, awesome, that's how it's supposed to work. But as of right now, without any other, anything else in the picture for us to really judge it by, I the best word I have is lackluster. Um, he doesn't seem to really fit with anything at the moment, and even his attachment, uh in my opinion, and uh, a few of, I think, uh, and a few other people's opinion, you compare him to Dario's attachment, and it just, I don't know, it's like night and day. Um, Vargo is really cool in concept, and I think he would be amazing two-point attachment, but he's three, so... Uh, he's three for know. essentially just giving you Vicious. Paying three points for basically just vicious. Well, I mean, he has the weak resolve, really... but the problem with weak and resolve is that if you trigger it multiple times, uh, you can't weaken them more than once. So unlike, uh, let's say, the Blackguard, who you could constantly be taking panic tests and taking wounds if you're attacking them or they're attacking you, uh, weak and resolve is when an enemy engaged with them fails to panic, uh, they become weakened. Well, if they fail, fail multiple panics all before you get a chance to expend that weaken, it's it's not stacking. What were you going to say? Or they like? can pass. Oh, you know, I I I want to like him. Um, uh, speaking strictly about his attachment version, I think he'd do really well in a Tywin list for Lannisters. That's where I I see him shining. Uh, Absolutely. As far as his yeah, as far as his commander option, I think he he kind of has this weird synergy with panic lists where I feel like he kind of, um, you know, slots into maybe like an existing Bolton list. And if you had one or two, um, you know, Bloody Mummers units in an otherwise uh, panic style list, he could do pretty well. I do really like his card, Remorseless Assault. Uh, plus two dice and uh, sundering is pretty nice. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think a part of it is going to be waiting to see um, how his units play on the field. Uh, yeah, so I I guess I'm going to be frank about it. I think his attachment, at least in a neutral, since we're talking about neutral only context, right. I, I don't like it at all. Um, 
more often than not in this game, and yeah, the change of the panic is significant, but more often than not, even with Vicious, it seems people pass their panic test. There's a lot of way to buff it. So even if it's like half and half, which is what you would expect balance to be, right? Uh, even if it's half and half, they're going to pass 50% of the time. So we can resolve only half of the time working. Uh, you, the only thing weakens really good for in a like Bolton list or a neutral list is to help you tank, but yeah, kind of sh- get shredded like paper anyways. Um, vicious is nice to be able to put in Blackguard, but I am not going to run a nine point Blackguard unit. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. Everything else has vicious <laughs> except the new stuff. Um, maybe, maybe he's okay in Stormcrows. Maybe that's where he'll shine because he'll be two points. I guess that's certainly a possibility, giving him vicious, because um, it's not just the yeah. melee attacks, right? It's all the time. So maybe, maybe stormcrow archers. Possibly, but then you have to think about, um, you know, if you compare stormcrow mercenaries to cutthroats, oh, if you don't fact, if you don't factor that one point, um, you know, free for an attachment, you would. Cutthroats are just that much better. So I guess what I'm getting at is that um, if Vargo, without any context of anything else coming out, attachment uh, should more likely be two points. Uh, even though he'll be technically two points in a Stormcrow uh, mercenary or archer unit, I think Simon's uh, already factored that one point discount into the point cost of the archers and the mercenaries. So really, I agree. with that ability, they would be a four-point unit. So even though you're saving a point on him, you're really not. That was not. me being like, very if optimistic. You're running, <laughs> yeah. If you're running uh, mercenaries or archers, you're you're going to want that attachment to make them worth their five points. Yeah, so uh, I noticed this Vicious doesn't work on the archers. Is it only um, melee attacks? Yeah, it is only melee attacks, okay. unfortunately. Um, that being said, with the um, with the mercs, you're getting um, usually you know two attacks per round, if not three, if you're playing it really uh, really well. I think the main thing that pulls them ahead in that calculation is the number of panic tech checks your opponent's going to have to make, even if only one or two wounds are getting through on their attack which is likely going to be the case. Um, just the weight of panic tests. I could see the vicious maybe being good in that case. Um, otherwise, I'm holding out hope for the uh, Stormcrow Dervishes, whatever they do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like Dave was saying with the the Stormcrows, they're hard to use effectively too because none of – or neutrals because none of the neutral NCUs with the exception of Lieutenant are particularly shiny in them. Or, and I said NCUs, I meant attachments. Obviously, you're not attaching Varia or Vargo Hope. Or, uh, I'm sorry, I'm not thinking, Varus. You're not what? Did I cut out? No, I... Uh, ignore me. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, though, I, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see what kind of comes out uh, for Vargo. Um I have faith that, you know, Simon, you know, they know way more than we do, uh, but only time will Hopefully. tell. And I think uh, as far as like a tournament uh, perspective, you're probably not going to see Fargo. Um, I mean, Adepticon is like three months away, so who knows what might come out between now and then. 
but more than likely you're probably not going to have to worry about seeing Vargo, um, him or his attachment. But, <laughs> yeah, if anyone would play him, Chris would play him. I think that's a challenge, Chris. You're you're now stuck with neutrals playing Vargo. I got no. I got you, buddy. I'm there <laughs> I with you. I have to get more neutrals. <laughs> <laughs> you can use so, that. All right, deal. Um, so, don't want to, like, dogpile on Vargo. Uh, like I said, it's... I do. I feel like... I feel like he's in the boat that Roderick was. Like he just seems so cool with his like vulnerable mechanic, and same with Vargo and his weakened mechanic. Uh, it just doesn't seem to really work out uh, the way it should, um, or the way you would hope. Um, that being but, said, before we move on, there was a couple of the cards that I wanted to like point out that they can be very oh, yeah. impactful. So uh, the Crippler's Infamy. We already have one card in the deck, which or, I'm sorry, with a different commander that can, when an opponent wants to attack with their unit, they lose it instead, which is devastating. Uh, but the Crippler's Infamy, yeah, they have to, like, pass kind of a bland panic test, but say they lose it, and say it's, I don't know, maybe you get really lucky and you kill a Berserker unit that had one to four guys left, and they just lo- they already activated, so they lost an activation. I think that's really significant. So you played a card and killed a unit, and they lost an activation because of it. That could matter dramatically well especially if um, if you have flayed men well, we can and you charge oh. them well let's say you have him as your commander you activate put the weaken token on the unit then your next activation you go with flayed men and charge putting that panic token on them now not only are they rolling if they're weakened and you expend it they're rolling three dice taking the lowest uh, discarding the highest and you have a panic token on them. So mm-hmm. you can reroll any of those three dice along with the D3. Really, uh, is that how I'm saying it? When a we- Oh, no, it's when they activate. Sorry. I'm thinking it's a... Uh, well, they still suffer a panic test, so... Yeah, I you suppose can still if you don't use the panic... Yeah, I suppose if you don't use the panic uh, when you charge with the Flayed Men, and then well, when they attempt to... Yeah, well, and then um, if they attack back at your Flayed Men, this is where the card would come into play. They would yep. activate, and they would have to suffer that panic before swinging at the, the Flayed Men. So the scenario where you're talking about with the Berserkers, you could charge into those Berserkers, do eight wounds uh, if you get some crits in there. Um, and uh, then when they go to attack back and they're weakened, you expend that forcing them, you know, even with their four-up morale, now they're rolling three dice, being panicked. I mean, the chances that they're going to fail is fairly significant. Um, and with all those rerolls, because it's three dice, it's a big deal. Right. Yep. I think that card is going to be overlooked, because it's hard when you see something that says, like, pass a morale test or pass a panic test, generally, they're not that powerful, because it's easy to make that card be worth nothing. You could play a card and nothing happens, and that's always the worst. But if it goes off, that's an entire activation wasted. And that, as we know with, like, Varus, before he changed or after he changed, that's significant. Yeah. Uh, one thing I do want to point out, that if you are playing neutrals, and let's say you're having a really hard time against uh, um, Free Folk, he actually wouldn't be a horrible option. Um your weakened mechanic could really hurt the giants, 
and then all these uh, panic, um, uh, you know, tactics cards could really start to pile up on their, you know, their less than uh, desirable uh, leadership. Leave my friend alone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Get back. Be brave. So. And not <laughs> to not mention the uh, Altar sculpt in uh, Game Night Kit 3 looks really good for Vargo. Uh, so, yeah. Oh, I haven't even I seen think it. There really? was, I haven't seen yeah, it Yeah, it was one of the old um, um, convention photos had uh, Vargo with his uh, mask on. Oh, I did oh, see nice. it. You're right. That's why they call him the goat. Yep. Yeah, I I have faith. I think uh, we'll see some um, support for him to really make a lot of his stuff shine. Um, but right now, I feel like he's falling into the category that Roderick was. But all right, uh, moving on. Uh, we're going to kind of more focus on the NCU's here and what you should maybe take with who and and why and what you should maybe. Uh, you know, look for when uh, you're facing them. So I'm going to just kind of briefly go over the NCUs, just naming them all, and then we'll kind of dive in. Uh, so we have, obviously, Roos Commander, kind of went over him. Uh, you got Varus at five points. You have uh, Jackin Hagar at five points. You have Walder Frey at five points. You have Peter uh, Baelish at four points. You have uh, Tycho at four points. Uh, did I miss anyone? Um, no, I think you're, you said, you said Walder, right? Yep. So, yeah, you got everybody. So you're looking at, uh, three, five point options and two, four point options. Um, I personally think they're all fantastic. Uh, I'm kind of indifferent about, uh, the price of Varus. Um, I, I was kind of in the boat of either bump them up one point or, change the timing of his effect uh, and not really both but I mean he was it is a nice uh, it is nice to kind of see him uh, not taken so much I feel like you would see him in like 8 out of 10 tournament lists and it was kind of getting stale a little boring to see it so much and you know I even took him because he was so great. He added the one NCU added so much control that you could, you were basically a control list with a one guy. Uh, and it was crazy. So, but I now took him in every points. list. Yeah. Who did you did? Oh, I took him in every two. list. Right. Exactly. It was rough. It was a rough life. It was a good two options, though. I loved it. Not so good. No. I, I was gonna say, I, I think he's worth it. I mean, even at even at five. I mean, even at five points, I think he's still worth it. Um, I do think I do agree with you, Dave. I think we'll see him less. Like, I don't think everyone's gonna take him. I think like, I think you're right. I think at one point, like a lot of people, even if you weren't playing neutrals, like everyone just like took him. Like, there, everybody was like, yeah, he's like a staple almost in every army, like you said. Um, I still think he's worth at five points. Um, I just think I just think the extra point bump will see him less, but but he, he's he's still worth it. I mean he 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 has been able. I mean when I play against him, um, I mean I have to like account for the fact that he's there. Like so sometimes like I won't do something specifically because I'm like he's gonna just mess me up here. Like this is like I know it's coming. 
Um, so that's, I mean, he's, he's totally worth his points. Um, even if it was just like, even if just to cause your opponents, like, like exactly what happened to me, you know, like I'm not going to do this because it might get shut off and it would be terrible. It'd be like a horrific fail if it's just shut off. And I think, I think even for that factor alone and just making your opponent always on their toes, always having to like make two or three plans, you know, I think that's worth even the five points, even if I, I, I know I've played against Varen sometimes and sometimes he doesn't get his uh, effect off. You, you know, you got to roll for it and everything. But um, even if he doesn't, it's just, again, that, that, that like fear factor almost is, is totally worth the five points. I think. I absolutely agree. I mean, I've seen my opponents make that choice. You top around three or four where you're usually racing for, um, you know, a free attack on the tactics board. And my opponent decides that they're not going to take it um, because odds are um, they're going to just lose an activation. Yep. Well, they would know yeah, beforehand it's... now. Yeah, that's kind of the scary thing is now because of his timing, I love the fact that his timing no longer can screw over um, tactics cards that replace a spot. But it does, I feel like it's a little too much in the sense that you don't even know what spot they're taking. They're like, okay, I'm activating Catlin. Do you want to stop her or the spot? Or either. And you go, uh, I don't even know what you're going to take. <laughs> like, yeah, if you're I, taking I the attack, like I'll do it. <laughs> no, I, I feel like a lot of times that, like, I feel like if you're a neutral player and. Uh, let's just say uh, maybe an experienced neutral player, right? And you've played against the armies, you've played against Lannisters and Starks and, you know, Free Folk and Knights, well, whoever, right? And, and you can, you, I feel like you can kind of assess the board, or not the board, the, uh, the field, and then, you know, look at the board and kind of know what's going on, right? Like, you know, I know um, you're look, like, you're looking at Starks, you know they're going to want the swords of a horse, um, you know, whether it's doing something on the board or just because they have a card that's going to pop something off. Um, I feel like you can kind of guess. Uh, I, I do. I mean, I guess it does make them a little weaker in the sense you don't know, but it's, you can kind of, you kind of know what's going on. I feel like, but, you know, uh, um, I was going to say, but think of it this way. Would you really, let's say you said uh, Stark's going to take swords for the horse. Would you really stop the horse? with your token, especially let's say you only have two left, one left. I know if they're going to take the swords, you'd be like, yeah, definitely. But if you're like, man, they could take this or this, do I just go ahead and commit my one or two tokens that are left and they're not two tokens, but, you know, if you have two tokens left and say, you know, I'm going to commit one of them to possibly stop what they were going to take, um, and then they just take something else to block you. Like Peter now turned from completely useless against Varus to like an awesome counter because now you could be like, all right, activating Ver uh, Peter. Are you going to stop it? Yes. Um, all right. I'll just uh, block this spot. <laughs> and if you don't uh, turn him off, if you fail your roll, you pick whatever spot you wanted to pick to begin with. If I'm, if I'm reading the way that works correctly. With the time, so I, yeah, I mean that's, I mean that's like a, I guess yeah against Peter, you know, kind of a specific, 
situation. But I mean, in in general, though, I I, I don't know. I mean, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I I feel like you can kind of you can kind of oh, no, yeah. yeah. I mean, it is it is, I, it, is a, it is a gamble. I mean, it's always a gamble. It's, it, it, for even before you made a change for him, it was always a gamble because you have to roll for it anyways. So uh, there's always that aspect of yes, it's a gamble, but you know. But you knew the only, you knew what you were getting yourself into. You knew exactly what spot they were going to do, and and yes, there are going to be situations where you have you know such a strong uh, like hint of you know a strong uh, feeling of what they're going to take. Like oh man, this unit's about to die. There's no there's no way they're not going to take the sword. Then yeah, I mean it kind of takes away that mystery, I guess, uh, the unknown, but if there's like a couple valid options, if you're really looking at everything, then you really don't know and whether or not it's worth like your token. But uh, what were you going to say before I jump So in? this is the hard thing. I totally think he's still viable. I'm not on that boat where some people were, where, oh, he's unusable now. Uh, but his biggest strength before, and I don't really think this is arguable, is that he could take an entire activation away from someone. Now he is yep. physically incapable of doing that. He can't stop someone from wasting an activation. He can stop an NCU from doing what they want, but they can still do something. Unless, unless, I guess there's five NCUs or six NCUs, or no, I'm sorry, five NCUs and it's the last one, and you shut the board off because you know it's the only board piece left. So I want to add this in there real quick. It's kind of, um, it's kind of like a, just not necessarily off topic. Uh, for those, I mean, you're going to see it a lot less now that he's five points uh, and what the change is. But uh, a lot of people didn't know this. If you have a Varus and your opponent has a Varus and you activate your Varus and they decide to use a token to shut off your Varus, you can't Varus them that round. Uh, just want to throw that out there. A lot of people, I feel like, uh, kind of overlooked that. So you can Varus someone's Varus and then be stuck not being able to use your token. So if you do have a Varus versus Varus uh, moment, try to make Varus be your last, uh, you know, try not to activate them too early. Otherwise, they could do that to you, and then they'll be able to, like, sudden charge or, you know, do something key to really screw you up. Mm-hmm. It's a bad day. But, Mike, do you have uh, anything to add? Varus before we move on? Uh, I think, um, you know, it becomes more of a decision of whether to take them than an auto-include, but if you're building your list and you have a point left and you're deciding whether you want to uh, take an attachment or maybe upgrade um, one of your four-pointers, um, I might recommend taking a Varus. Yeah, he's definitely um, he's definitely worth the five points. You're ju he's just not an auto include. You're gonna really have to figure out what, if you have that point, you know, that extra point to upgrade from a four to a five. Um, yeah, uh, we're gonna move on to Jack and Hagar. So I play in the last big event I played in Indianapolis. Um, I forget how many players we had. Uh, do you remember Justin? Was there like twenty-four? 24, yeah. I think. And we played four rounds, and I I was doing okay. But I just kind of said, you know, what the heck? I ran my list that had him every single round because I just, you know, I told myself I'm going to give him, you know, a straight-up good four uh, tournament, you know, big tournament game rounds with him. And I have to say, 
he was not worth his points, but I understand why he's five points. I understand why Simon had to give him that price tag. It's because if you roll like a god and you just decimate all of their attachments, you know, he would be super overpowered in auto-include. But uh, I normally roll above average. Um, Justin can kind of attest to this. <laughs> no, he rolls and... amazingly. It's not above average. Don't let him tell you lies. <laughs> and all game or all tournament, I I didn't face uh, – I won three of the lists, uh, three of the guys I faced didn't even have a single generic attachment. So all I could go for was the, the Hail Marys to kill the characters. I killed Hodor once, and that was at the very last round, and it didn't matter. Like, literally, it didn't matter that I killed him. I was just looking to do one wound to try to finish off a unit uh, slowly. And then uh, I did uh, fortunately get to kill Tyrion Commander very first round of the first, you know, of my second match. Uh, that was kind of the one highlight. And then after that, nothing. I killed Hodor when it didn't matter in uh, Tyrion first round out of four games five points. I did some wounds here and there, but it really, it did, you know, that, and he can't, I believe he can only influence um, infantry, so you can't even pull a Walder Frey and snipe, like, wolves or whatnot. Let me check right here. Yeah, you have to target an infantry unit, which, I mean, fluff-wise, I guess it makes sense. You know, it, it makes sense that he's assassinating people, not animals. It just kind of sucks that to he can't be, animals. <laughs> just like that, he can't really cavalry. like go after them. Right, losing a, a three wound uh, cavalry hero, for instance, would would be pretty uh, brutal. But uh, no, I, I I agree with your assessment. He's kind of a risky tournament um, choice, and I'm surprised you picked him. I know um, here we don't tend to see people spending a lot of points on expensive attachments, but. Um, I did have one we, uh, game where actually, he killed a... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, go uh, ahead. I finish that. Um, oh, so you I know, was just going to quickly add... <laughs> I'll just quickly add, uh, the reason I took him is me and uh, Justin, we had just got the hero um, boxes, and we both decided to try all the neutral NCUs uh, like together. Like He was running Tycho and Walder, and I was running Jack and Walder. And I we were just choices. trying to give it... Yeah. And uh, we were just trying to, like, give them a good run for their money in a, in a high-profile tournament setting to really see if they were worth worth it um, while we could. But, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, you finish out what you're saying. Oh, no, that totally makes sense. And it's just one of those risky choices you might, um, especially in a two-list format, you might never come up against a list where uh, he can, you know, kill that one model. Though I suppose the one time he uh, – Kills Joffrey in a unit of uh, Kingsguard would be totally worth it. That's the dream. It would be glorious. Yep. I feel like that's kind of maybe I'm wrong, but that's kind of the theme of like an all neutral army is it's very high risk versus very high reward. Now that things are coming out more, Stormcrows uh, and Bloody Mummers, maybe it'll change a little. But uh, before Blackguard came out, that was the glass cannon army. Yeah, we had Flademen, but what are you going to bring two of those? But like everything else, the armor saves are tremendously awful, and they do incredibly high damage. If you mess something up, you've lost a unit. Uh, so it's always seemed to be pay a lot. Hopefully you get it. If you don't, it's going to be a bad day. <laughs> yep. 
I learned uh, uh, threat ranges really early just because when everything has a five up save or worse, you really need to know, um, yeah, know you what are the odds are of your opponent <laughs> charging you. Yeah. I, I was playing against David recently. He was playing Baratheons. I think it was all wardens. And then I had like <laughs> a pretty good amount of cutthroats. That was the only time in my life where I didn't charge something. Every single one of his wardens, I let charge me. I, would have been tabled, but I barely ended up winning because I sacrificed my guys for the objectives and just sat on them. I survived like three yep. attacks because <laughs> they hit on fours with seven dice. Yeah, it was definitely a good game. It was very, uh, I wouldn't say like super back and forth, but it was back and forth enough, and it, it was definitely fun. It's the only time in my life where I was like, I can't charge these. Don't do it. <laughs> Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I, I've never played him or played against him or anything. Um, so just looking at him, just like with, you know, I guess uh, an unbiased thing, you know, just on paper, um, I I didn't think he was worth it. I mean, again, I, I never used him or anything, but he just didn't seem worth it for me. Uh, I know, like they, like Dave said, I mean, if you, you know, you're just rolling crazy and you roll a bunch of sixes, he can totally worth it for you. Um <laughs> But I don't know. I just <laughs> overall, I don't. I don't think he's worth the five. I don't know. I, I if, if I played neutrals, I wouldn't take him. Um, that's just me though. But five points hurts so much for anything. Yeah, yeah. he's honestly. Unfortunately, I mean, I like, think... I, like also, neutrals have awesome uh, NCUs. I think a lot of their NCUs are really good. But he's probably. My least favorite one. I, I think he's the most, as far as NCU goes, he's the most lackluster NCU. You know, for five points, I'd much rather take Walder than, than Jack in. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that's just me. I, I don't know. See, like, for me, his ability seems, like, so, like, fluffy and so, like, like just fun. But if you really think about it, how fun is it to have your characters just sniped for doing like nothing like I think really it would just be frustrating and so my initial thought was after the tournament how bad he played I was like I'm just going to play this guy for fun games but you know I thought back about it more and the look of my opponent's face when I sniped Tyrion first round his commander like I don't want that to be my fun like I don't want to make my opponents be like that you know in a especially like in a fun game so, unfortunately, I think, like, this guy is the one that I don't know if I'll ever play, again, fun or tournament. <laughs> tournament, he's just not reliable. And fun, I don't want to, like, oh, hey, your your list revolves around your commander, and I just sniped him first turn because he actually – that is one thing I will say about Jacken. He gives you a reason to want to take the sword's first turn. Uh, I mean, with the exception of maybe if everyone moved up super fast somehow and you can Fire actually use it. Yeah, or even uh, I think I shot three times and moved once with my uh, crossbow, crossbow. Lannister crossbowman. Yeah, because I, I moved up, they moved up, I then shifted, and then I had like Tyrion's cards to activate them a bunch of times. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but he actually gives you a reason to want to take the swords, whereas normally it would do nothing for you. But like I said, though, I I can't see myself running him again, which kind of sucks because 
I really like Jacken as a character. I just can't see, you know, see myself taking it tournament-wise, and I don't want to see my opponent's face, you know, and have them have a, a rough game because I rolled, you know, a, a six uh, first turn. But, yeah, that makes uh, sense. I think part of it too is a uh, meta consideration as well. You know, we don't see a ton of uh, Kingsguard or expensive attachments, or you know, you have um, characters like Ned Stark um, who you want to keep around. Um, I could see him being good for a heavy meta like that. Yeah, if you start seeing more like lists or even, like, just characters in general uh, uh, across multiple armies that have, like, an Eddard-type commander, and you know going into a tournament that there's a decent chance you'll see a handful of them where they revolve around him, so, like, Eddard, um, then, by all means, run uh, run him in just one list as an option. That's kind of what I did with mine um, uh, in that tournament because it was a two-tournament format, and he was only in one of my lists, and I just decided to run that list all four times. But yeah, if you're really hoping to try to you know try him out and you want him for those situations, that would be the situation to kind of go to him for. If it's a heavy meta with Eddards and other like Joffreys, and now with jo- now that Joffreys Kingsguard got the boost that they did, uh, you might see more of him. But yeah, stuff like that, then he'll definitely see some play. But as of right now, I just I don't see much uh, much use for him. Um, next, we're going to talk about uh, Tycho. So my initial thought of Tycho is he was not worth his points. Um, I personally think it just needed a small boost, like six wounds instead of five. I don't want to see him go down in points. I don't think that'd be the right direction. I just think a small little boost, like one more wound, just because when you compare him to Amon or Eddard, uh, you know, Eddard uh, with all three of his tokens um, is doing a minimum of six wounds heal uh, and a max of uh, 12. And Amon, you know, kind of just depends on how hurt you are. But you know, a good chance that Amon's doing, you know, roughly within that uh, as well, you know, 6 to 12. Uh, so for Tycho to be a once per game, five wounds, yes, it's right at the start of a turn and the timing is awesome. But that's why I think it just needs a slight bump, six wounds, that's half, half a unit, um, and that at least puts him at the minimum that Eddard or Amon would be. I, I think um, the main I, strength is having it be across any number of friendly units. I think that's probably what makes it worthwhile. You know, at the start of certain rounds, if you're one or two models short of a rank, it kind of lets you, um, you know, buff up your whole army if you need it. Um, I, I think for I think for four points, he's pretty solid. Um, and the few times I've used him, he's either. Um, you know, help me win the game because uh, I was able to stay on an objective that much longer or kind of uh, heal me up and get me two or three more dice for a big combat. Or if things uh, go yeah, terrible I, with your Flademan and somehow you roll like a chump, me. Like, <laughs> oh, sweet, I got five, five three-up saves. I got this. Five ones. Oh, no. I've done that. <laughs> I do it all the time. So Tycho's like, use him. 
<laughs> I, I would I was uh, I was gonna say I, I would tend to agree with Mike. I think he's I think he's a good NCU. I think he's worth four points. Um, and uh, I think that I mean I, I, again I, I think the biggest thing is it's like Mike said it's, it's five five wounds. There's no there's no uh, stipulation. It's just five wounds across whatever you want. And whereas, like, for example, I know Dave, you brought up Eddard, but for Eddard, um, you have to pass the panic test. Okay, so that's there, there's a, there's, that's that, well, no, but I mean, like, <laughs> I, I have failed them. Like, when I, when I need it most sometimes, like I once. have failed them before. So, I mean, I don't know. I just think there's no stipulation. Um, and then also keeping, keeping in mind that he can be taken with any faction. So, you know, I think, and then if you're looking at him just for a straight neutral army, I mean, he provides. Uh, an area to heal, whereas I don't, I don't think there's a whole lot of healing in the neutral armies. Um, so I, I, yeah, I, think, I, think, I think he's worth it. I definitely take him in lists. I have lists where I'm running him. I just feel like he needed just a little bit of a boost because even though the timing is so big, I think that's the trade-off, though. I think Eddard having the ability to do a minimum of 6 and a max of 12, whereas, you know, if you trade off the ability of the ceiling of 12 for the ability of the timing. So if you put him at 6, he's at least hitting the minimum uh, that Eddard's going to do, uh, and he'll have the better timing than Eddard does, but Eddard has the more healing. And then you could say the same for uh, Amon. But yeah, I definitely still have him in list. I don't think he's like horrible or garbage or anything. I still feel like he's a strong 4-point MCU, I just would have liked to have seen a little bit more, you know, just the one extra wound. Um, that way, hey, you put it up to there. It across two armies. <laughs> yeah, I'll just make it uh, twelve. You know, full unit. No, well, not twelve. That's too powerful. Eleven. Ten. Ten. So if you're down to Ooh. one guy. <laughs> <laughs> take that. Sounds good to snow. me. You just brought eight points of Blademan back. Me. <laughs> so. <laughs> but uh, yeah I mean he's definitely uh, very useful and his timing is uh, definitely way better than I initially thought when I first read him first thing that went through my mind was start of the round not start of a turn so I was like oh that's interesting but start of a turn is way better than start of a round uh, in my opinion but um all right, next up we have uh, Peter Baelish. Uh, Peter was has always been good. Um, he's definitely not an auto-include. Uh, I had him in a lot of my early lists. It was Catelyn and Peter, just Catelyn and Peter, um, so I could manipulate uh, tokens personally. I was trying to take the mail multiple times to get all my good tactics cards, throw out uh, you know some... Um, tokens on the opponent while Catelyn's taking them off of me and or even just doubling up on the attack uh, take the you know take the maneuver because I usually never wanted to uh, maneuver my guys so I just take the maneuver so I can free attack and then force them to take it and then I just heal with Catelyn but uh, that's a stark thing um, uh, as far as like neutrals he just adds that element of control uh, especially if you don't want to be taking, you know, the the spots that they need, the mail or the um uh the money bag. Uh definitely 
will help in that regard, especially if you only have the two, if you're only running two NCUs. He, uh, he's, he's useful if you're running two or three, but if you only have the two, um, he'll definitely help you control the spots you need. Yeah, Peter, Peter for me, um, he, I, again, I think he's worth it. I think he's great. Um, I, you know, the only thing I would say, though, is, like, he is, he's interesting because he makes you think, like, more than you normally would think for placing on MTU, right? Because in order to pop off his ability successfully or the best way possible, I guess, you have to make use of the fact that he can take the ability off something else that he didn't grab. But then you have to think, what now, what am I going to leave open for my opponent? You know, so he makes you really think harder than any other um, any other NCU before you go to place. Like, I know, Dave, like you mentioned, when you're on your, at least on your Stark list, um, you know, the, the way you use them is, like, ideally how you'd want to use them. You know, where you're thinking, okay, I'll, I'll like, we just have to force him to use the sword, or a force, force him to grab the swords, because obviously they won't take another hit, but, like, that takes a lot of, uh, a lot of like foresight and a lot of thinking. Um, so he's, it's funny because to me, he's one of those NTUs that you're never really going to find someone that's like, that like just use Peter, like, okay. You know, it's either going to be like, man, this person didn't really utilize Peter or the part you're going to find someone who just like, wow, you really knew what you were doing. You know, it's, there's no real, not really like in between. Um, I think he takes a little bit of work to get used to, uh, when you're playing with him, um, but I think if if once you are able to, uh, I guess you know master how he works, um, he could be super devastating to your opponent. Um, you know I, I played against him and it, it's really it's really messed me up. He's just uh, he has almost the same kind of like thing like Varus, you know, because just uh, Varus Varus is the same that has that fear factor and Peter kind of does as well because you're trying to you, it makes your opponent have to also think two or three steps ahead if a person's using Peter correctly. So. Um, I think he's worth the points. I, I, I've always liked him. So. I know he's great. That's I mean, he lets you on the off turns if you're playing, um, you know, Walder. Um, if you're not the first player, you can grab the crown and um, uh, still have your normal game plan. Or, um, you know, he's great with uh, Brawn and Bastard's Girl. So I, I don't think there's anything better than taking the money bags at the top of round and going into uh, – uh, free attack for range attack and charge with uh, 14 dice. So. I often use him to fish for cards in the first round, like immediately. If you can get the four cards round one, I think that's such a huge thing. That's like a perfect scenario for a neutral army. Yeah, the more cards, the better. And if uh, your opponent's either activated or um, isn't paying attention and you can uh, double claim a zone, that's the dream. <laughs> Yep. Perfect. Well, especially if you uh, if you wait to if you only have uh, or if your opponent only has two NCUs, if you wait and draw out their activations and free up the board, let's say you have a plan that you know they're not going to want the spots that you're planning to double up on. If you just wait them out and you have them take you know the spots on the tactics boards, yes, you give up the advantage that they're going to. Um, you know, get their spots first, but let's say you wanted, uh, what's the mission? Um, Dance with Dragons. You're going to, if you wanted to double crown zap someone, 
and make them drop two to uh, two objectives, or let's say it's very important that they drop it and you can zap the same unit twice, uh, it can be a very big deal. I can't tell you how many uh, games where it's been decided based on just crown zapping each other um, in order to drop uh, the the token or the objective. But um, we're going to move on. Uh, last up on our list, we have Walder. Uh, definitely a, kind of a meta changer. He is super strong. Uh, he throws a wrench in a lot of plans. There's so many good units out there that turning off their abilities kind of makes them junk. You know, the uh, Knights of Castle Rock, the Tully uh, Cavaliers, even uh, Berserk, uh, uh, Umber Great Axes. Uh, Great Axes, a bunch of units that you take away their abilities and they're not really useful, you know. Um, and so he's definitely key. I think he's strongest in Lannisters because they have the ability to take Joffrey and guarantee basically the spot, but um, but neutrals is a very close second, and I run him in a lot of my lists. Uh, and even uh, he's perfect against... Uh, so Starks are super strong right now. Their wolves are so cheap. Walder, if you're running competitively, I say guarantee run him at least one of your lists and if you see their starts and you see because you get to see their lists before you pick your list now um with the new way of doing it uh and you see that they have a bunch of wolves especially if it's in both lists take him and just i know you want to like shut off like a unit's ability but if you just spend every turn sniping wolves for the whole game and by the end of game kill three wolves in six turns and get three victory points that is more than worth his five-point price tag. Definitely. I see him being, you know, one of the new things to kind of expect of, um, across the table, maybe not as um, prevalent as, like, you know, Varys was prior to the changes, but definitely one um, competitively that uh, you should um, expect to deal with. So that's going to mean, you know, blocking the crown zone on the off turns um, and, and just anticipating what might be shut off. Yeah, I, uh, I, I would agree. I think, I think he'll be definitely um, in the competitive scene. Um, I to, to me, he's the most uh, exciting uh, this, again, this is my opinion, but I think he's the most exciting uh, NCU from the from the new hero box. Um, I think I think you're gonna see a lot of them, uh, especially in tournament setting. I mean, there isn't like his ability. There isn't anything that you could not make like use for it. Like there, there, his ability is always gonna be useful. Like there's never gonna be a time where you're like, oh, I didn't really need that. You know, it's always gonna be something that you're always gonna want to have. Uh, and it's easy. To, it's pretty easy to pop off. It's a guaranteed, you know, three out of the six rounds. Um, so, you know, I think he's worth the points. Uh, I think he's something to watch out for. Uh, as far as counters go, uh, I mean, the only thing you could really do to counter it, I guess, is to grab the crown on like, on the off turns. Other than that, you're going to just have to account for it and just assume that, you know, one of your things is going to get shut off um, as far as their uh, – their attachments and abilities and, uh, and something's going to be taking wounds. I mean, you're going to have to just account for it. There's nothing you can really do about it. Um, so, but yeah, he's, he's, I think he's great worth five points and we're going to see a lot of them. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, 
I guess there is one more NCU. He's an auto-take every list, no matter what. And that's the high essential. Always take him, no matter what. Um, <laughs> He's by you, far don't, you don't know what you're doing. Possible. Yep. You you know, and especially if, make sure you write you him on your him, list. You're foolish. Yeah, if you don't write it on your list, remember he it does not uh, get to be on the battlefield. So, um, same with wolves. It's funny when you watch uh, someone write their list and they write down, you know, uh, John Snow and forget to write wolf, uh, ghost on there. And you go, oh, oh, oh you can't run ghost. You didn't. Uh, he's not part of your army. <laughs> Anyways, uh, moving on, uh, we're going to kind of wrap up the show with uh, a couple lists, uh, one from myself, and uh, we'll have uh, Mike kind of give uh, one of his uh, uh, better lists. Uh, first, uh, my list, we're sitting at eight activations with a Blackguard unit with no attachment, three Cutthroats, all with no attachment, and a Bolton Flademan with no attachment. Uh, and then we have Roos Bolton, Commander, uh, Varys, and Walder Frey. So uh, the re- the idea behind this list was I wanted to kind of match, and not necessarily match, uh, like some of these lists with a crazy amount of activations, but at least give myself a good amount of them that I'll be able to at least somewhat keep pace Eight activations is the higher end of average. In my opinion, seven to eight is about average uh, if you don't count free folk and, like, wolf lists and, you know, and anything else kind of, like, out there, like, that's horde. Um, so seven or eight, so you're on the top end of that. Uh, having three NCUs definitely helps um, because you're always going to have those three uh, activations, uh, whereas, you know, your units could die uh, dwindling that. Um, I find, uh, neutral attachments, I mean, there are some that are really great, but when you need to fight for those activations, it's, I've found that it's best to not have any so that you can save points and kind of run the NCUs. Granted, you could run, uh, Tycho and Peter in this list and save two points and put them somewhere, uh, but I'd rather just go full control you know, you have the roost to, um, you have the three NCUs for a little control there. Roost to throw out some panic. Varus to shut off uh, your opponent's uh, NCUs or the board. And then you have Walder to shut off their um, units or go uh, wolf hunting and snipe them. Uh, especially if you're facing like an all wolf start, or like a three wolf start list, you can really start to even the odds on activations by using Walder to snipe them. Um, you're kind of using the Blackguard as like an anchor. You have your Flademan as a flanker, um, and then you have your just three cutthroats. Uh, if you want more of a defensive uh, end to it, you could swap out one of the cutthroats for Blackguard. But then you'll have to probably drop uh, either Varus or Walder, probably more, in my opinion, Varus, down to Tycho or Peter. Peter would combo well with uh, Walder. I think, uh, who is it that said that? Um, Jose, was that you? Um, or was that Mike? Oh, it might have been me. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you can also swap them out for Stormcrows. What was that? You can also swap them out for Stormcrows. One better defense for the same point value. Oh, the Cutthroats, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you They're could even uh, run. Yeah, and then you could even um, add 
you know, a flare in there or a storm crow lieutenant, um, either or, uh, probably, or even, um, a dreadfort captain to, uh, throw out some more panics, uh, for Roos's ability or his, uh, cards. Um, those are all kind of options. Um, I like this also kind of shuts off any, if someone is going to want to try to run, uh, uh, jack in. You have nothing for them to target other than hitting a wound every turn. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's worked well for me so far. Uh, I think I've I've only gotten three games in with in with it, but uh, I've won I believe all three. Um, but I kind of jump between all the armies, so it's hard. I don't get to play as much as I would like, and it's hard to uh, get a ton of games with a single army under my belt, with the exception of uh, Starks is kind of my go-to for tournaments. But, but yeah, this list has worked well for me. Uh, if it seems interesting to you, I suggest trying it out. Uh, I think you'll like it. Um, and then, uh, Mike, uh, you got a list for us? I do. Um uh, first of all, I think that's an awesome list, and people should uh, try it and uh, try Roost if they haven't before. And uh, to that end, I'm going to give another uh, Roost list as well, just because he's one of my favorites, and I'd like to double down on that. But uh, So this one we're going to do a unit of uh, Stormcrow archers with the Stormcrow lieutenant. Um, I'll just follow it up by saying we're taking um, both uh, uh, Roost as our commander uh, Peter Baelish and Walter Frey. So it's a really nice uh, trio event to use that's going to really help you get that crown on the off turn. And actually with um, Stormcrow Archers, um, it gives you a lot of range pressure that you don't normally get in a neutral list, um, short of having those movement abilities. Being able to threaten um, with the crown zone on uh, sometimes the uh, second or even the first turn is really powerful and is a nice way to start uh, getting wounds and uh, panic tests going out there. Um, and also forces a lot of other lists to try and come to you, which is where you have um, bolt, uh, two units of Bolton Cutthroats. I think for uh, 10 points, um, you're really not going to get more efficient than those two units. Um, and then probably one of my favorite um, unit combinations in the faction is going to be um, House Bolton Blackguard with uh, uh, Ramsey Snow Sadist. Um, now, uh, the addition of Reek in there is going to allow you to spit out a panic token every turn, um, which is really important. And then uh, the Cut Them Down ability is amazing when comboed with um, uh, Flayed Men's um, Horrific Visage, as that means uh, every time they're failing a panic test, they're going to suffer two additional wounds. Um, and then finally, to round out the list, we kind of have our flex spot here, but I'm running a unit of Stormcrow Mercenaries. Um, and then for your attachment, um, you can either take um, Brawn, who's really going to help uh, round out the unit, actually make them somewhat viable on the attack, or um, alternatively, um, you can run Brienne in there. Um, now, she's going to give that unit uh Passive plus two to morale, so that's going to be one of your cheaper, tankier options. And then against the um, target of her vow ability, you're actually going to be um, hitting with uh, three ups on nine dice, which is uh, really strong. And that's just kind of an underrated unit. I don't really, um, sorry, attachment. I don't see that much. And uh, it's a, another way to just kind of play uh, mind games with your opponent during. 
uh, deployment. So, yeah, that's it. Awesome. Yeah, so everyone uh, listening out there, um, Roos, I really like Roos right now, um, especially with a combination of, like, Walder and uh, either, you know, most of their NCUs. Uh, for some control and then to boost up their uh, activations. Uh, keep in mind, though, you're only going to want to run, even with Roost being so good, uh, with so many buffs to field commanders, you're going to want to run at least one list with either, in my opinion, Dario or Ramsey. And then your other list, I think Roost is so good right now with the ability between him and Walder to shut units off between the Taxis cards and then Walder himself that I feel like he's a must as one of your two lists as well. So um, so those that are playing against Boltons, just uh, be prepared that I'll, you're going to see probably one list with Roos and then one list with either Dario and or, um, not and or, I suppose, but you're going to see one list with Dario uh, or Ramsey. So just keep that in mind uh, that those are more than likely what you'll see. Um, and then it's pretty... Uh, straightforward from there. You're going to see either the control with the Roos, or you're going to see the aggression with Dario, or mostly aggression with a little bit of control with uh, uh, Ramsey. So, but, uh, and a retrospect, we... I probably should have done a, uh, a, a Battlefield Commander list, but um, uh, in some <laughs> game modes and some matchups, I've definitely ch- uh, still chosen to uh, stick with Roos because I know it might be better against uh, Starks, even if I'm giving up that one extra VP. So. Oh yeah, definitely. So everyone out there, if you come up with a mission that says, you know, your commander is going to get a buff for your, if it's a field commander, don't automatically assume that that will be your best option. Take into consideration what exactly the buff is. Um, take, if it's just like Fire and Blood, where you're going to hand out an extra VP, that's really strong. But if you can game uh, come up with a plan to kill that unit quickly, then uh, you'll be able to mitigate any extra VPs they'll be able to throw out. And uh, like uh, Mike was saying, the ability to shut off a lot of the uh, stuff between Tully Cav and the Great Axes right now, which are Stark's like top two strongest units right now, uh, can really just completely change the game for you. Tully Cav without Lance and Great Axes without Mighty Cleave are practically nothing. And they're just overcosted uh, seven and nine point units. So definitely keep that in mind when factoring things. Don't just assume because there's a commander buff that you have to take a commander. Um, but it is always nice to have the option. So if you, you know, with the two list format, definitely have one commander and then have one as root. But uh, before we uh, finish uh, off the show, I do want to give a shout-out to the tournament in Indianapolis. uh, I believe it's uh, next Saturday uh, at, forgive me for not remembering the name. Family Time Games. uh, Yeah, there you go. I always want to call it Pastime Games. Uh, Family Time Games in Indianapolis. Is it? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Family Time Games in Indianapolis is having a really big uh, tournament. Um, the last couple tournaments they've had uh, was like a minimum of 24 people, uh, and I believe one that was like 30 people, 28, something like that. Uh, and this one should probably be even bigger. It's going to be basically an Adepticon primer 
Um, lots of prizes. Uh, you're going to be playing basically the exact missions that you'll see at Adesticon. Um, this is a way for us to not only kind of test out um, you know, our list, but even for the system and to make sure that the, you know, that there's no uh, nothing um, that we're not expecting uh, with like the missions and stuff. Uh, to make sure that when we play at Adepticon, everything's all smoothed out and there's no uh, hiccups. But definitely try to make it out. Um, it'll definitely be a good experience. Uh, me and Justin, we're from uh, a little outside the Chicagoland area, but we're going to be making the trip up there. If you can make it too, that'd be awesome. And then for anyone listening, uh, if you have a tournament you would like us to kind of give a shout-out for, uh, just uh, let us know. Just uh, message me on Facebook, give me all the details, and I'll write it down. And the very next show after that, I will, uh, um, uh, right after that, I will, here at the very next show, I will um, give the shout out so people can know about it. Um, and then possibly even one more, like the weekend before it actually happens, if you remind me. Um, Mike, uh, anything you wanted to add? Yeah, we do. We um, have a, a nice little convention out here in uh, Providence, Rhode Island, for those of you on the East Coast, called uh, Captain Con. We will be uh, running two events there. Um, the convention runs uh, February 7th through 9th. We'll have uh, one game, um, one, uh, sorry, one event on uh, Friday evening at 7, and then one on Sunday at uh 10, I believe, to have to double-check on that. But um, yeah, if anybody's in the area or is attending Captain Con, uh, definitely check it out. Where did you say that one was at? This is going to be in um, uh, Providence, Rhode Island. Awesome. What do you think, Justin? You want to make that trip? I'm <laughs> fucked. <laughs> We're taking Just your Rhode car. Island. <laughs> Miles so, uh, I think I forgot to I'll mention go. for the Indianapolis tournament, um, it is a two-day event. Um, it's two days in the sense that uh, Saturday is a team tournament, and if you don't have a partner, don't worry. Just uh, kind of contact the um, shop, and they can put you on a list and pair you with someone. Uh, and then Saturday will be, or sorry, the Sunday will be the main event. So it is a two-day event, but you don't have to go to both days. You can go to one or the other. Um, and both will mimic the um, main tournament and the team tournament that will be at Adepticon. So uh, definitely, you know, uh, try to check that out if you can. If you're not too far, it's definitely worth the drive. Me and Justin have been out there a couple times already, and uh, it's definitely worth the drive. So... Um, so I guess uh, that kind of completes our show. Thank you all for tuning in. Please remember to follow the show, share it out. Uh, it is a new show, so the best thing you can do for us is support us. Uh, just uh, share it out, and that's all we really ask. Um, the word of mouth will definitely uh, help uh, help you know increase our support. And thank you all for listening in. Uh, this is the Small Council, and it is dismissed. <laughs>